Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Born to Talk radio show. My guests today are a husband and wife dynamic duo. They make Batman and Robin look like amateurs. Okay, I'm just telling you right off the top. Michael Torres Hymas and Desiree Slusher, husband and wife, are going to be my guests. And I would like to welcome you to the show, Michael. Yes, thank you for having us. I'm so excited. It's great. And welcome to the show, Desi. I'm happy to have you join us as well. Hey, Marsha. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. So just for those of you listening, if you might have missed my Facebook Live, let me just let you know just a little bit about Michael and Desi. They are certified life coaches, trainers, and facilitators. And we will be talking about their businesses as coaches and what tools we can use to build a life with encouragement, confidence, hope, and empowerment. And along with that, some goal-setting tips and how to avoid the roadblocks along the way. So that's what you can expect to hear in this next hour. But before we get to the topic itself, I think it's always great to get to know a little bit about our guests, my guests. So I'm going to start with you, Desi. Could you just tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, until 1998 when I graduated from high school. And then I moved to Seattle, Washington, where I attended the UW, and I became a nurse. And I spent six years in trauma and ER, and I loved it. I loved always being on my feet, and never never the same day when you're working in trauma and ER. And then when I was about 26 years old, six years later, I went through my first, I would say, um, I was in midlife crisis, but I went through a, a change in my life, a shift in my life that made me move back to California, and I actually made a career change, and I went into corporate for nine years, you know, did really well, became very successful in my corporate career, and then in 2011, I was diagnosed with a stage three throat tumor, and in 2012, I made a transition. I started to transition into becoming a health and life coach and working with other people, wanting to make changes to the quality, to their life, their vitality. And I've been doing that ever since. And I spend most of my time, you can find me always studying, geeking out with my husband. We're into personal growth and development, spirituality. I do a lot of meditating. I do a lot of yoga. And I love to travel. Gosh, what a story, Desi. I really that 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 that's quite a story that l- has led you to where you are today. It so qualifies you on so so many levels, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious yes. to know a little bit about you as well. Yeah, thank you, Marsha. 
And so for me, I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Parents were from, dad from Mexico, mom from Colombia, immigrated to the United States. I am the youngest of three brothers. And being raised in Hawaii was quite an experience. You know, the island, the aloha spirit. And at a very young age, I always had this sense that I just felt that there was more to life. I felt that I had superhero powers because I was very gravitated towards um, shows like Wonder Woman and Superman and all these, these really resonated with me. But I also at the same time felt like I was being put in a box in many ways. I'm not sure if your listeners can relate to this. It's like I was being told how to live and how to be when really all I wanted to do is do what I want, go where I want, and have the things I want. <laughs> and I think we can all relate with that on some level. And the true journey of that began when I was around 16, when I decided to run away from home. And at that point, leaving home, the streets became my home. And without any real solid guidance, I gravitated towards the kids that also wanted to embark on this freedom of doing what they want, when they want, with who they wanted. And that led me towards the rebellious kids, which involved and entailed drugs and alcohol and just getting into all kinds of trouble at a very young age. And through that process, I began to use my environment as best I, can, as best I could. So I got into the business of selling drugs. And that continued throughout my life, on and off. And I also had a job and work at the same time. But when I was around, I'd say when I was around 25, I really took that business to a whole nother level and began transporting large amounts of cocaine across a state line. And in a very short period of time, became a millionaire doing that. And I thought I had it all put together because I had what was called success because I gauge my success on the external environment, meaning how much money I had, how much things I owned. But internally, I didn't feel fulfilled. And I didn't understand that because all I knew was a sense of temporary happiness. I'm not sure if you guys can relate with this or you can relate with this, Marsha, but like there's happiness that really lasts and is really fulfilling. And there's happiness that seems fleeting, that seems to go with the wind. And at this point in my life, it was just this fleeting happiness. Because as the external thing shifted, my happiness shifted. And I just thought, well, if I just keep trying to control the outside world, I'll be okay. And it didn't work out very well for me. And in fact, I ended up earning an incarceration sentence. I ended up getting indicted by the federal government at 29 years old. And I went to two different federal trials. But within a couple of months period in there is when I had the big shift, was when I really like asked myself some powerful questions like, What's my purpose? Who really am I? What is God? Who is God? Like these questions took me on a journey that for the last 17 years has not stopped. And my life has completely transformed itself to now live in a life in which I go out and I work with individuals one-on-one through powerful tools and techniques on how to shift their mindset, how to create the life of their dreams, but not just externally, but internal fulfillment. I travel the country as well and certify other life coaches that do this work as well. I've invested tons of resources into my personal growth and continue to do so because I feel that the better version of me that I am, the more that I'm able to serve other people. And what I've learned 
is throughout my life is that I'm still on that journey of truth, freedom, and doing what I want, what I want, except now I have values and I have really powerful morals and I have a very strong ecology check, which means the things that I do now, I make sure that it's good for my physical health. I make sure that it's good for the people in my that are around me. And I make sure that what I do supports the community at large. And so that's what's led me here to this, uh, to this point in my life, Marsha, and meeting you where I met you at the Chamber of Commerce, right? Where I shared my story. Yes. And you're like, oh my gosh, we got to get you on the show. <laughs> it's powerful, Michael. It's a powerful, powerful story. And I think that was why I gravitated to you immediately at that Chamber um, Mixer because of what 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 where you were and where you are and everything in between people can relate um maybe everybody wasn't a drug dealer okay but that doesn't mean that people along the way didn't have issues and didn't have problems and they have yes. and you have overcome them and we're going to be talking mm-hmm. a lot of, about those kinds of subjects but i do think before we go on yes. to that Desi if you can just really i just love this part of this so if you could just sort of briefly tell us how you and Michael met and ultimately got married. I think that's such a great story. Yes, um, truly magical. I would say, you know, as a little girl, we always have that fairy tale dream of what your marriage is going to be like or the man you're going to marry. And Michael is actually my second marriage. And so I definitely feel like, my fairy, my my little girl dreams came true, and Michael and I were both students of Empowerment Partnership with Dr. Matt James, and we became master practitioners of NLP and trainers, and we actually never met in any of the classes. Uh, he found me on Facebook, and I had just gotten out of a four-year relationship, like literally maybe three months before uh, Michael became my friend on Facebook. And I remember, you know, I got the request, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? And I, I, I stopped his page first to see if he was okay to, to accept, and I noticed we had a lot of friends in common through NLP. So I, I didn't feel threatened. I was like, oh, no, he's okay. He's not a creeper. And I accepted his friend's request, and then immediately he sent me a message, and he said, hi, how are you? You know, I see that you're a health coach. I would love to connect. And I was, you know, still in this phase of, you know, not really wanting anyone close to me or making, you know, having any guys close in my realm. And so we got on the phone and we we connected and we talked about, you know, energy and we talked about NLP and, you know, having a life vision for ourselves. And it was a great, like, hour conversation. Actually, I think we went, like, maybe two hours. And it was funny because I had mentioned to him, you know, oh, I just came out of a four-year relationship, and I purposely bought a twin-size bed. And, you know, it's just kind of like nonchalantly mentioning, like, you know, I'm not interested in dating. Like, I just i am looking for, you know, connection, possibly, you know, um, collaborating with people. And we talked for, like, two hours, and then he went off the radar for, like, a month. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I was like, that guy, you know, totally, you know, we had a great conversation and then, you know, didn't hear from him. And then about a month later, I saw him post something on Instagram. And it, he was at a seminar that I wanted to attend um, called Trainer Trainer through uh, Dr. Matt James, through the, through the same company, Empowerment Partnership. And I had actually almost signed up for that same seminar. 
And I sent him a message like, hey, how how is it? And then we started talking again. And from that day on, from that day forward, um, we just started talking every single day. And then uh, about, I would say, a month later, we met in person. And then three months later, uh, we took our first trip to India. And um, it was so magical. We went to India. I've never been there before. We went to go see a guru named Ama. And Michael had previously was there about four months prior. And so Michael knew Ama was. Ama knew Michael was. And Michael brought me up to meet the avatar. And right there, Michael said, you know, can we have your blessing for our marriage? And this, this avatar, this particular avatar, doesn't just bless anybody. Um, people have gone over and over and over to get the blessings of Amma. And first time meeting me, uh, Amma, Amma closes his eyes and um, kind of does a little, kind of bobbles his head and, and says, Amma's blessing will be there. And I was like, holy mm-hmm. moly. And we walked out and people, people were like, Amma just give you the blessing to get married. Like, that's amazing. You know, people come here over and over and years until they get the blessing. And it just felt so good. Like, it was so magical. And then we asked Amma, can we get married? And, again, Amma said yes. And people said, no, no American get married in the Golden Temple. And so 11 days later, um, it was November 13th. It was on a Monday at 9 a.m. in the morning. Um, we had a beautiful fire puja ceremony in the Golden Temple. And people from, from the neighborhood, people from the streets, people that were visiting, um, I think we had probably at least 100 people that we didn't even know attend this beautiful ceremony um, where we were married. And it, it was just so beautiful, so magical. And then Alma had sent elephants the wedding we had a marching parade it started pouring down rain which is good luck um on your wedding day we had a white pony i mean it was so magical it was beautiful gosh what a story that's a book in itself isn't it my goodness wow (laughs) thanks for sharing that background information that's that's lovely michael let's we're going to get into the topics of why we're together today on the show <clears throat> and I noticed yes. that on your business card you are a breakthrough coach you're a trainer and yes. you're a facilitator and I would just like to mention now and we'll mention it again uh, towards the end of the show for those of you that would like to follow Michael on his uh, website I'm going to spell his name for you so Michael is the traditional M-I-C-H-A-E-L but you need to add Taurus T-O-R-R-E-S, and his last name is spelled J-A-I-M-E-S.com. And I'll make sure that it's also posted on my um, blog as well. So, Michael, tell me a little bit about the mission and purpose of your your business. Yeah, great question. And the purpose that I'm here, let me just say this. Like, I am insatiably obsessed with the human condition. And what that specifically means is like, like why, like why do we, why do we think the way we think? How can we use our thinking, our minds to achieve 
not only results for our lives, but how can we make a powerful impact on the planet? How can we evolve as a species to be more loving with each other, to be more caring, and to just to be kinder in general? And so my mission is to spread to actual tools, actual techniques, and real strategies to help people not only carve out the best life for themselves, but in doing so, to have a ripple effect that affects other people in a positive way. And so that's part of like the mission, and I do that through different techniques and uh, different trainings that I've learned because we don't come with a manual to how to use these powerful minds that we have. And because it doesn't, we don't come, it doesn't come with, we don't come with a manual, our minds use us in many respects. Our minds become our masters instead of our servants. And the mind is a powerful tool that we've been given. And so I'm totally obsessed, and so is Desi, with geeking out and learning how to use these really powerful tools that we have and That's, to make you know, better shifts I, in our lives, right? You said something mm-hmm. that yeah. I thought was really powerful. So what you said is the mind has become our master, correct? Yes, yes. Instead of our servant, instead of our servant, I think that that's really that's a powerful statement because honestly, I don't know anyone that can't relate to that just by the self talk we do. Mm -hmm. And if and if you are a real self talker, yes, and your self talk (laughs) is negative, that's a problem. And um, I appreciate the fact that you. Do what you do for that for that very reason that it's 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 quite powerful. And Desi, yeah. in your case, <clears throat> I know that on your business card it says mastery mindset and success coach, trainer and facilitator. And for people that want to follow you on your website, I'm going to spell your name, and it's D E Z like zebra, I R E E S. L U S H E R dot com. So you both have great websites for additional information. As we're as we're you know doing the show, if somebody wants to go back and visit your websites directly, I would really encourage them to do so. So I have kind of the same yeah. question for you that I had for Michael Desium, which is, what is your mission and purpose? Yeah. Um... I would love this question so much because it's unique for everybody because I really believe that every single one of us was brought to this planet for a special reason because we have gifts to give. We're here to serve. And in order for this planet to evolve, it requires us to shed layers of who we think we are. We literally have to die to who we are born as and really embody who we're meant to be. And I'm here, like, my mission on this planet is to encourage, educate, and empower women with the tools, the strategies, the techniques, and the experiences to live their greatest lives on their terms, not by what the world told them they needed to be or by what the world is telling them the way they should act or what they should say um, or what they should become, but really what does their soulful self want to do for the rest of their lives here on this planet to where they are authentically happy. 
um, in doing what they're doing. And so the planet is awakening, and I'm on the forefront supporting women with their aspirations and their struggles. They know the deeper meaning of life within themselves and the power within. Do you work one-on-one with women, or do you work in group settings? Because I, I, I hear that there's a, a women connection to you. How, how, do you, how do you work with your, with your clients? Yes, so I work with my one-on-one clients. I do one-on-one coaching. I also have a mentorship program that runs every 12 weeks. And then I even do in-person what we call sister circles. And I do those once a month. So lots of different ways to get connected. I like that. In fact, I really like, I'm looking at your website right now as we're speaking. If you were to come to my house, you would see that um, that while I am a cultural Jew, I was my parents were both Jewish, mm-hmm. I really resonate to the Buddhas. I have them in my yard. I have them in my house. There's just yeah. something about them that feels very spiritual. Just looking at that lotus flower, I, I appreciate that. And that self-sisterhood and soul, I, I really like what that says. And, and I really do encourage all of you, you know, at some point while you're listening to the show or when the show is over, you know, to go back and, and look at, at their websites because I think that uh, it's important. And when, when we talk about hurdles, and, and, and you both have mentioned planet. So there's a real spiritual side to both of you. It's, it's very clear to me. Yes. But yes. when, and I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, I remember now, Michael, you talking a little bit about your background and, and that yes. sort of underbelly side of your life and, and how mm-hmm. you were able to, were you actually incarcerated when you were 29? Did you actually yes. go to jail? Wow, that I must have been. An, yeah. For how long were you in jail? So yes, I was incarcerated in 2002, April. Uh huh. And within three months of my experience in there, I had hit such a low, and I'm talking about mentally and emotionally, that I was literally going to take my life suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts were in my mind because everything that had given me a sense of self-worth was now stripped from me. And being there, that all of that was stripped from me, I questioned whether my life was worth living anymore. And there's a concept that I teach in the classes that I do and with my one-on-one clients. And it's around be, do, have versus do, have, be. Or have, or have do be. And I'll explain to you really quickly the three different concepts. Most people are living from the perspective of do, have, and be. And so they're doing a lot of actions. They're very busy. They're in action. Schedules are filled. They're always on the go so that they can have the degree, so that they can have the business, so that they can have the external cars and things, or even go on the vacation so that they will finally be successful, happy, and joyful. And that was the way that I was living my life, as are many, many Americans and other people around the world, but primarily in America. And this is what happened when the stock market crashed a while ago. 
right, where a lot of the CEOs mm-hmm. and corporate executives were going to the extreme of actually taking their lives because they were doing, they were having so that they could be. And so when the have disappeared, the economy changed, the stock market crashed, the external fell away, and their sense of who they were was lost, and they saw no reason to keep on living. And that's where I was at incarcerated. I was at the very low point of wanting to take my life. And I remember seeing a gentleman who was always happy. And I went over to his cell. This was very early in my incarceration. And, he, and I said, hey, can I come in? And he said, come in, my boy. And he opened the door and he invited me to his little cell. And he began to talk to me about spirituality. And he said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that was my teacher in that moment. He began to talk to me about meditation. He began to talk to me about the relationship with God, with the divine. And he introduced me to a, a book from a gentleman who was named Paramahansa Yogananda. And this gentleman from India talked about the various religions of the world all having, all having a common denominator of love and having a personal relationship with God. And the more that I read this, the more that I'm like, wow, something began to shift inside of me. And I'm like, that's what I want. And that began the journey that lasted while I was incarcerated for a decade. And I began to study and immerse myself in reading hundreds of books, but not just reading books, Marcia, studying and applying I read the Bible, the Quran, I read the Kabbalah, I read all these different things, and I wanted to understand, I wanted to really understand, like, who am I, and what's my purpose? And so for 10 years, I began to lead a very powerful movement while incarcerated, began to lead other men, coach other men, and do my best to use that environment as an ashram, as a place for growth. For 10 years, I continued to grow incarcerated to answer your question until getting out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, you, and upon getting out, I continued the study, right? Upon getting out, I, I overcame every single hurdle that they said I couldn't come. I didn't only overcome the, the past, but I became like a really, I mean, to say the least, like a very powerful person in the community, right? I took all the trainings I had to take. I went and I got probation. I did all that. But I, I didn't want to stay there. I actually expanded to take the best trainings in the world so I can be equipped with some of the most advanced tools and techniques to how to work with the unconscious mind and the conscious mind, which, which work very differently. Because prior to this, my main thrust is, you're right, you hit on the point, Marsha, is spirituality. But you can be very spiritual, but if you have some, like you said, some negative self-talk or some limiting beliefs, and as Desi said, some programming that doesn't serve you, it's hard to be the spiritual expression that we're here to be, right? And so that's why I got so focused on understanding how our minds work, because with understanding that, we can have an alignment with the spiritual connection that we can be our own versions, whatever religion works for you, be a version mm-hmm. of that expression of God in the way that works for the individual. And we've got to clear the unconscious bullcrap, so to speak, right? <laughs> well, what I, what I clearly don't hear, clearly, is I hear no judgment. And I recently yeah. have begun yoga, as you mentioned. I am yes. also very much learning more and more and more daily 
about mindfulness. I have a mindfulness yes. group of cards oh, in yes. front of me right as we Love speak. It. Right as we oh, speak. Yes. And the one today says just this. And that's all mm. it says, just this. One of the best ways to encourage the sense of inner honesty is the practice of just this. Use this mm. simple phrase to turn your attention toward whatever is happening in the present moment and meet that mm. experience with acknowledgement, allowing, mm. and acceptance. You can turn it into yes. a bit of a mantra to carry it with you throughout your daily life. I think mm-hmm. that mindfulness is becoming so important. I have a very, mm. very good friend that is going to be teaching this to the youth because he mm. is so Love spiritual. It. He has had his own journey. I am so proud of this man and what he's doing oh, wow. as far as talking to the youth. I will definitely, honestly, off the air, will connect you to this friend of mine because there is a Love community it. of so many of you out there just saying no judgment. You're in a yoga class. You can't get into yeah. that movement. And you're feeling yeah. like, oh, God, I'm, I'm the only dumb one. I'm the dumb one here. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You are where you are. And, it's, and you can yeah. apply that principle to whatever you're saying. But, Michael, what you said about the do, the have, and the be is how most people are. How would, yes. you, how would you restate that? How would you re-say that instead? Great. Yeah, beautiful. Great question. And so the other one is real quick, and I'll touch on it, is the have do be right so that's like people will wait until they have things until they have that opportunity and they'll stay stuck these are people that you see staying stuck and they won't take action until they have something so they'll finally be successful right but what i want to invite all of the listeners to entertain to just try this on and this is one thing that i how i how des and i coach our clients and some of the workshops that we do is to come from a space Related to how you just expressed in that card you just read, which is you already are successful. You already are happy and joyful here. It doesn't require any action for that to happen. That's a state of being. That's when you can control the pictures, the conversation, and your feeling. You can have a very high frequency. It's kind of like a bobble cork, right? When a bobble mm-hmm. cork floats on top of the water, it's in its natural state of being. This is our natural state as children. We're, we're naturally happy individuals. You watch any child, before they get programmed, they're playing, they don't care, they're not afraid, they'll fall down, they'll, they'll laugh, they'll cry, they're very in the present moment, right? And then what tends to happen is there's a programming that begins to happen. We begin to say, we're not good enough, you can't do that, you don't deserve this, take toys away, spank, this and that, and we create these programs. And that puts the bobble cork, pulls it down beneath the water, and what happens? There's pressure down there, right? And what happens when you let go of that? Boom, the bobble cord bounces right back up to its natural state. So really, like Desi, we hit it right on, right, on, right on the point. It's peeling back some layers and stuff that don't serve us so we can return to our natural state because our natural state is love. I am 100% convinced of this. We are love. This is our core. And when we can come from that place, we're really, really amazing, powerful beings. So being, right, to answer your question, being is an energetic perspective. So you have everything you need now. You are whole, perfect, and complete in whatever imperfection that could, we're all evolving. But from that place, take some action. Let's take action from that place. So then we can have 
the things we want. But guess what? If the things we want change or shift, because as we know, nothing external is, is permanent, everything is impermanent. The have can change, the stock market can crash, the job can change, the boyfriend, the girlfriend can leave you, the wife or whatever can divorce you, but it's not going to affect your being state because it wasn't dependent on an external. You're already that. So wouldn't it make sense to go into a relationship already happy? Right? Wouldn't it yes. make sense to go into a job already fulfilled? Now you can bring so much juicy deliciousness to that relationship or to the job because you're not dependent on the job to give you something. You're bringing it to that relationship or to that job. Does, does that make sense, Marcia? It makes complete sense. And I think for, for many people that haven't really delved into this kind of work, this sounds so new and and in some ways very refreshing and a lot less mm. pressure i think that yeah. what because i i'm i'm going to be honest with you i do take notes while while my guests are talking because i don't want to lose some of the things you're saying and when mm-hmm. you said you already are you yes. already are and that's yeah. so different from what you said about <clears throat> do have and be or have, do, mm-hmm. and be. And what a, what a wonderful concept to em- empower with people. Um, you know, I, I know we have a lot of questions that I've put together for us, and I, I had a feeling just because of who you both are that while I may have had a roadmap, we take detours. Detours are yeah. perfectly <laughs> okay, perfectly okay, because I'm okay with who I am. And I do know my purpose, and I do understand why I get so much pleasure out of doing Mm. what I do because I understand who I am. I'm I'm a work in progress. Who's not? However, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do know that by, by bringing guests on like yourselves and sharing your story and your commitment to what you do, Somebody out there is listening and going, oh, my gosh. And you see like that proverbial light bulb, right, that's just gone over on the top of their head. Uh, And, Desi, I really want to bring you back into this conversation because you mentioned something at the top of the hour about really having some tough struggles. And I'm just wondering, how does one find that kind of empowerment when they're past? is maybe very depressing, much like what, what Michael just talked about. How how did you do this? Yeah, it's it's been a journey. And people say, you know, I'm in the healing process, but I think we'll be always healing till till the day that we, we depart. And one of the basics of neuro-linguistic programming, um, which is NLP that Michael and I teach, is that what we perceive to be happening is really just our interpretation of what's happening. Something happens, and we get, we, we get it as a, a certain meaning. We give it a certain meaning. Then we make decisions and draw conclusions based off of that interpretation. But the interpretation we gave what happened isn't the only possible interpretation. So becoming empowered, we have to look at the stories we created. So, for example... Say you were brought up in a military family and you moved around a lot. You could interpret that experience as uncomfortable and unsettling. 
you could conclude that not staying in one place meant you could never have close friends or you could interpret moving a lot as an adventure and expose you to people and places you would have missed by staying in one town. So we have to be able to take the what I call the poor pity stories we created when we were younger, which we can't get upset or mad about because we didn't know any better. We were just following the behaviors and we're just following the learned behaviors of our families. But we, we created stories that almost put us in victim consciousness and we want to become empowered. Um, so we want to be able to, to make our path more empowering. You want to take and look at the stories you tell, you tell yourself and start paying special inter- start paying for the way I want to say start paying special attention to your interpretation. You want everything to make you feel stronger. You want everything to make you feel more capable. You want to make everything make you feel freer. And if it's not giving you the confidence you want, if it's not giving you the worthiness, if it's not giving you the capabilities, then we have to look at the story and say, hmm. Why am I making this disempowering for myself versus rewriting it and making it empoweringly? And so we have to be able to interpret it and look. Go ahead, Marcia. No, no, no. I'm, I didn't mean it. Oh. Uh, please finish your thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So we, we have to look at things differently. And we have to look from a place instead of being the victim, being the victor and be able to look at everything as, instead of failure, it was feedback. And so everything we've gone through, the trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, the the heartbreaks, all of that was perfectly placed in your life to give you the tools and experience so that you could evolve to your next level. So it's compound interest. So everything from my childhood which, you know, none of us had quote-unquote traditional childhood. There, there is no such thing. Again, that's a label. But in it, everything that we have gone through, you know, every child, every tribulation, it was perfectly placed so that we could be who we are today. And it was breaking who we thought we were so we can start to embody really, truly who we are. Um, and so we have to be able to really start taking ownership of the what we call the the unconscious mind, our mind, and start being the master of it, which Michael mentioned, um, instead of it running us. And we get to train our mind. We get to to train our mind, our brain, what it needs to do instead of it controlling us. Because at the end of the day, there's this great movie on Netflix called Memory Hackers, and neuroscience is starting to prove that our memories aren't even accurate. And so when you go and you look at a memory from 20 years ago, you've retold the story so many different times in so many different ways, and it's not here anymore. It's the past, so it's not even accurate. So why live by something that's not going to empower you? Let's look at it, learn from it, create an empowering story, and then continue to move forward. That's beautiful. Do you... Do you let's let's talk a little bit about this um, in more detail. <clears throat> I'm wondering if you are both um, journal writers. Do you do you both write in journals? Yes, I do. Yes, I have but about you ten journals for ten different things. <laughs> <laughs> that's inter- that's actually interesting. Are are some of those things having anything to do with goal setting? Do you have some tips for how people can set goals? 
I know I have some that I use. I was just wondering, you, you guys are the experts. What would you recommend when you're um, goal setting? You guys, I think you wanted to share a story you said on this. Well, I just oh, would well, like to know if I was if I was at a class of yours, and or or one on one, whichever, however you'd like to put that, and I know that I have these goals by the end of the year. I know I have these goals by summer. I know I have these goals by whatever. I have my goals. I, and sometimes I use the word intentions. I don't know if you use that term as well. So what are my intentions? What are my today intentions? What are my tomorrow intentions? What are my future intentions? I was just wondering if people sort of organize their brain in that way. Do you have some suggestions on a great way to do that? Most I'll throw it out to either of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael and I, we both teach our clients goal setting. Um, it's so important to be able to have that vision of where you want to be. And then we also set up our clients in a smart format. And using the smart format, you're able to really get all of the details, all of the juiciness of what it's going to take to get to the goal because a, a dream is just a dream. You're going to have to also be in action. And so specifically, you want to look at what's important what and why is it important. You need to also have the why as to why you want this goal. And you can't, you can't be too open with the goal and, and you can't set vague goals. You've got to be super specific like you're going to a restaurant and you place your meal with the waitress. And if you go to the waitress and you say, I just want a cheeseburger and fries, and she brings it out to you, cheeseburger and fries, and you complain that there's ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise on it, well, you were too vague. You were too abstract with the, with the vision. So you've got to be very specific. You also want to make sure that your goals are measurable. You need to be able to have what steps you need to take that show progress and also, how will you know when you've achieved the goal? So you need to be able to have that aspect. Your goal needs to be attainable. You actually have to believe you can achieve it. And the goal must excite you. I mean, there's nothing like a boring goal of, I want to lose 20 pounds, and you look at it, and you're like, oh, I got to go to the gym, I got to cook healthy meals. That is not going to excite you. So you need to make sure that you have, you know, a carrot in front of you something that's going to get you moving. Another great one is realistic. You you have to make sure that your goal is is something that is achievable. You know, if you're going to say, I'm going to make $1 million in the next 12 hours, but you've never made $100, you know, is it really realistic? So we need to be able to look at that. You want to be raw, honest, and truthful with yourself. Why set a goal that is is not going to get you moving off the sofa. Uh, another thing is there's a couple of other ones that we look at. Obviously, timely. You need to be able to stamp it with a due date. If you don't put a due date, then it's never going to happen. So you, you need to know where your deadline is. You want to research people that have achieved your goal. So if the one thing about NLP is it is based off the success of other people. 
And so if someone has achieved your goal, then you want to interview them or you want to study them. You want to do research on how did they do it because if they've done it, then that means I can do it too. And the most important one that I, I think is super important is visualization. When you imagine your most important goal as already being achieved, which goes back to Michael saying the be, do, have process, this is the being aspect. You've already achieved it. You will feel good, and you will be telling your unconscious mind, you're going to be training it exactly what you want. So now you're creating life versus life living you. And by doing this, you are creating new neural pathways in the mind. And this is what neuroscience is teaching us. And Joe Dispenza, do you know who he is, Marcia? No, I don't. He's a phenomenal neuroscientist. He has an amazing story um, on his own healing process. And he did this test. He did this beta test on the neural pathways of our brain. And he brought in a group of people, and they played the piano every day for two weeks for four hours. Every day they came in, they played, they taught them, they gave them the, the music sheets, and they learned how to play the piano. And then they came back, and within, you know, a couple days, and they had still memorized how to play the piano without needing anything. Then he sent them home for, like, two weeks. Okay, go, go away. Now come back and play the piano, and they couldn't remember anything because they weren't in practice. They had completely forgot. So then he does another beta test. This time he brings in a group of people, and he teaches them how to play the piano in their minds. And they played it visually in their minds, the keynote. And then he sends them home, brings them back, and they, and they remembered how to play the piano because they, they visualized it versus physical play, and they had created the new neural pathways. Isn't that flipping amazing? That's really incredible. When I mean, it just it goes back to what you said about how powerful our mind is. You know, you've used the word NLP, and honestly, I didn't get what what those letters stand for. So, what is this? What does NLP stand for? It stands for neuro linguistic programming. Linguistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. I I I've, I had never heard of that before. So, thank you for for clarifying that for me. You know, I'm <clears throat> I'm thinking about just thinking about what it must be like sitting at the dinner table with the two of you at night and and the stories you must <laughs> share about your lifestyles. I just Please. it's pretty remarkable truly. Um it sounds like Please. what you both what you both could add to your lifestyle is being podcasters and instead of doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, um having conversations with my guests, maybe have a call in because it, it's 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 quite it's quite remarkable and I'm I'm wondering based on your lifestyles how do you keep your how do you both keep yourself motivated I'd be very curious to know how you do that based on how productive you are today mm-hmm. great question and so one of the things that when I do the courses that I do and I certify other up and coming like coaches that are going to go out there and work with other individuals and empower other individuals in their lives, is I always say to them that 
you have to love this field. You have to enjoy. You have to enjoy personal growth in a, on a level that excites you. And if you do, and that is what you like to do, then you have the best job in the world because you will get paid for becoming the best version of you, which means you have to embody the practices that you're sharing with your clients. And so I have for myself, even if I didn't do this for a living, I would be doing these practices because I've seen the results that they do. And so I wake up in the mornings, I meditate, I spend some time, I turn my phone off. I don't turn it on, I have my phone off. I spend some time to go into, I do some yoga first, I light an incense, and then I go into a meditation practice, and then I may go for a quick walk outside, get some fresh air, connect with nature, and then come back, read, half hour of reading something that feeds my mind and my soul, and then go into some writing and start to express myself in writing. I do that different ways. Sometimes I'll write to God, like a letter, and then sometimes I write some inspiration that I use as a post on my social media platform. So that's how I start the day. And then throughout the day, the continue, as you said, Marsha, the mindfulness practice, the being mindful of observing my reactions versus responses to life, making sure that I'm, that I'm um, keeping powerful pictures, conversations, and states of being in my life. And I'm always focused on keeping myself in the highest vibrational frequency. Does that mean that I, don't, I always feel happy? No, I have moments when I don't, but they're, they're very fleeting. They don't last very long because I know how to get myself out of those. And so I, if I'm not feeling something, I put myself in a situation where I can feel better about myself. And I cut out people that drain me in my life. I keep, I'm very selective with who I keep in my circle. I do this for a living, so I have my clients that I work with. And I also make sure that I connect with high vibrational people as well. And then at night, I wrap up the night as well with, you know, making sure that I'm not on the computer screen or watching TV or anything late at night because you're getting ready at night to go into another state, which is the, the dream state, which you're, you're still living, you're still experiencing, and you can actually learn a lot in dream state. So it's like you're prepping yourself for a dream state, some meditation, some writing at night, some quiet time, just relaxing the mental current so you can go into the, the dream state so you can get the powerful rest that your body is going to need for the next state. And when we don't do this, uh, this is why, because throughout the day, we accumulate various forms of baggage, so to speak. Right? Emotional things happen. Things happen at work or at the freeway or in your relationship. So if you don't clear that before you go to bed, you're not going to get the quality of sleep that you need, and your body won't feel rested. And this is why so many people wake up dragging in the mornings, because they don't prepare themselves to go into that state. So that's some of the things that I do, Marsha. That's, that's, those are really good techniques. I do some of them myself. Some of them, not so much. Um, what about you, Des? Mm-hmm. What, 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 how do you stay motivated? How do you keep yourself going? It's really, and, and Michael, you really nailed it. And it's really being able to fuel ourselves. 
in order to give to others, we must first fill up our own cup. And the way that I stay motivated, very similar to Michael, um, is, you know, most successful people, especially millionaires, they have a routine. And they try their best to, you know, keep the routine um, as a daily practice, not as a chore, but as a, this is what I need to function. This is what I need to be at my highest frequency, my highest vibration. And so I do the same thing. I'm every morning, sacred space is big in our house. Michael takes one side, I take another side, and we go into our meditations. I go into, I do yin yoga. I'm very big in yoga. So either I do it at uh-huh. home or I take a class. And I'm also very big on on, on my journaling. Um, journaling, it allows your unconscious mind to really be able to let go um, and to be creative and to have this free space of whatever is coming up for you. So I spend a lot of time journaling. Like I mentioned, I have like 10 journals for 10 different things. And what we also do is we read our vision. Uh, that's what we teach oh, you our do. clients. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we Absolutely. have a ten-year vision. We have we have a one-year vision. We have our career values. We have our health values. We have our marriage values, and we read those every day. And it's again wow. to train our unconscious mind. This is what I'm calling forth in my life, and it's already here now. And who do I need to be in order to have have this, you know, vision manifestation? Be now, and we have to embody what we want. What you're calling forth a year from now, you have to embody. And so that's what keeps us motivated. And it's it's the motivation of free space, free will, that we're, we're choosing to create our life versus us living our life. And that's what motivates me. I, I don't want to go back to working in corporate where I weighed 215 pounds and I was type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or I got diagnosed with a throat tumor because I know that environment is what was a part of me having all of those health issues. And so what keeps me motivated is being able to just be me and to be able to live a life that is very sim- simplicity. And a lot of our day is spent with God. And, and that's how we're, we choose to be motivated because that's where all the power comes from is, is within. And when we sit with ourselves and we're in meditation, when we're walking, when we're connecting with the elements, when we're out and we're, you know, hugging trees and we're putting our feet in the grass and we're sitting at the beach taking in, you know, the water element, that is what keeps me motivated because that's what I live for. And then everything else is just a byproduct of that. What a what a beautiful life you've drawn for all of us to to listen to. I'm certain that it's not perfect, but I I no. suspect that because you um, did I hear you giggle? Um, because, but um, because, yeah, but because, let me tell you, Marsha, for the for the listeners, yes. like I can I'm just going to speak for myself. Tons of challenges, tons of setbacks low points, crying on the side of my bed. Like, my life has not been unicorns and rainbows. I want to be super mm-hmm. crystal clear to people out there that are listening that, yes, this is awesome, and we're calling it a pretty amazing life in this moment, but it was not and has not been easy. So I just want to put that out there. Well, and you know what else, Michael, I, I also hear 
is there is intention, and you don't take mm-hmm. this for granted. And what you've come and I and you know it's so interesting how words matter. I, I'm a I'm a toastmaster, and I know the value Love of it. words. Oh, yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and the interesting thing that you the, a word that you've used and a word that I've come to understand. Um, and I'm really really new to yoga. I mean, just a couple of months in, but already just understanding the value of that deep breathing. I didn't even know what that meant, oh, you know, and and yeah. all of that. But it's the word practice. You mentioned the piano. It's that word practice. It, it mm-hmm. is it. You don't just do yoga. That that's a word mm-hmm. that that the do and yoga they don't go together. Meditation. Mm-hmm. You don't do meditation. You practice yeah. it, and it can be mm-hmm. whatever you want it to be for yourself. Nobody gets to decide that for you. But to think that you have these classes or these one-on-ones, particularly in, in um, each of you have your own little um, niche on how you help people. I think that there's a lot of wounded people walking around. You just you just yes. have to keep your mm-hmm. eyes wide open to Marcia, know that. Yes. <clears throat> Am I right? Marsha, one thing yeah, I want to just really emphasize right now is I've gone into so many different seminar trainings and I've you know, I've and I've certified, you know, hundreds of coaches myself and I've worked with hundreds of people one on one. And people are walking around that you would never suspect that are really hurting inside and they're and they look successful on the outside. The outside looks really polished and really good. They got money, they got career, they got this, they got that. And inside, they're a step away from, like, serious depression. This is really mm-hmm. common. And I know this without putting judgment on anybody, that this is a real thing that's happening. And that's one of the things why I'm so committed to people. And because I think Desi and I have been through such a challenging past, and because we've been able to reframe our past and accept it in a way, that with love, that when when we work with other people, we can we can work with them on a place of full acceptance and love, and allow that vulnerable space to open up and know that no matter what, the big difference between what we do as coaches and what therapy does is we don't look at nobody as they're broken. We mm-hmm. look at people as there's some learned behavior that can be simply unlearned and we can create new behavior, but the individual is not broken. We're not born that way. This is learned stuff. So we look at our clients from a perspective of empowerment, not from where here, they're there above the low. Yeah, go ahead. No, that was, so that was a terrific um, message that you gave me because I used that word. And what you did is you turned that around, and I'm not trained, obviously, in this field. And what you said is, we aren't taking care of people that are broken. And I, I appreciate the difference in what you just said. That was a that was a mm. aha moment for me mm-hmm. to understand that, because if you've already labeled yourself as broken, because yes. label when we label mm-hmm. ourselves, we're really doing ourselves mm-hmm. a disadvantage. And removing those labels, as you talked about earlier, about removing, Absolutely. you know, kind of like an onion, kind of shedding those layers. Um, labels yep. are probably a really important aspect of 
yeah. of what you do when you work with with your clients. I would think I I could I could see where this show <clears throat> could be another hour. I think that <laughs> what would be I really I mean that sincerely. I think that yeah. what would be really great, and I have done this with other guests in my show, is I think that this is a part two type of show, and maybe six yes. months from now you can share, yeah. because I know we didn't get to a lot of our questions, and I know there are a lot of exciting things that are coming um, up for you, but yeah. people can visit this visit your websites and, and learn more about what it is you do, but your message is... Not only is it strong, but what I also hear is how loving it is. And maybe people are out there that don't have that parental loving, honey, I'll take care of you, or spouse, I'll take care of you, or I've got your back, or do you just need somebody to talk to? I'm it. My hand is up in the air. No judgment. Let's talk. Uh, your Your tips about um, goal setting, um, Desi. Those are just wonderful, wonderful things that you've shared with the guests today, and I'm I'm so glad I joined the chamber so that I I met <laughs> the two of you because those things don't happen by accident. Would you agree? Mm, yes, I agree. They do not happen by accident. And um, for those of you that are listening that would like to know more, please look at Michael's website, look at Desiree's website, and, and inform yourselves. And I'm just, I am incredibly grateful in such a busy life that you both have that you took the time out to share what's so important to you with my listeners today. This has been a, a fabulous motivational Monday, right? A motivational yeah. Monday. That's what the show yeah, was all it. about. Merger Monday. Thank you. I, I thank I you, so, thank you much. so much. I, I look forward to seeing more of you and learning more about you and sharing what you're doing. And social media is certainly one way that we all do this. So I look forward yeah. to following you on. You're on Facebook. I, do you have Instagram as well? Are you, are you both on Instagram? Yes, yes. we are. It's my full name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my so, full name. I just have an underscore between each name. And so Desiree, Michael so underscore Taurus your... underscore Highness. Okay, and Desiree, what about yours? It's just my full name, Desiree Flesher. Oh, without the Desi, right, because Desiree, De- De- right, we're, we've, we've shortened your name. So, well, <laughs> thank you for, for making my Monday just I, – I, I felt like I had like a private lesson with two really good friends that are highly qualified. And I, I just, what a great way to start the week. I, I'm glad my shows are on Monday. So I, yeah. I thank yes. you again for joining me. It's just so great. And, you know, next week I'm going to be talking with a professor from Otis College here in Westchester, um, Professor Joanne Stanton, and we're going to be talking about what she is doing in Malawi the eastern part of Africa. It is an incredible thing that they're doing there. So this is definitely a variety show, my friends, and I certainly have the the pleasure of having a, a variety of people join me each week. So thank you for, for all being out there. I'm going to let everyone get on with their Mondays, 
and I'll see you next week on the radio. Goodbye for now. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Marcia. Goodbye.